Testing, the modern testing podcast. Join your hosts, Alan. God! Now I'm mad! <laughs> and Brent. I am mindless, agile robot. I must iterate. God! <laughs> As we talk about software engineering, software quality, leadership, and whatever else comes to mind. Now, on with the show. I don't know how to start. Hey guys, welcome to AB Testing. It's episode 102. <laughs> There's, How about that? Th- that's pretty good. Uh, there's something significant about 102. Where where is 10? Does 102 exist in pop culture anywhere? That number. I'm, I am absolutely the wrong person. That's right. <laughs> you are pop culture ignorant. You want me to look it up? No, no, I do not want you to. Because okay, just before, Google. just before, oh shut! <laughs> At least you're not asking Cortana. So let me. Okay. Or let me, Bixby. Oh my God! Big Whatever. Speed my Echo understands me pretty well. My phone, okay, Google understands me pretty well. Cortana on my damn Xbox, I don't know what the hell, Microsoft, because all that ever happens is I never ask her to do anything. But every once in a while, she'll just chime in while I'm watching TV and say, "I'm sorry, I didn't understand you." Said I didn't say anything, and then I try and tell her to do stuff, and it's like I'm ignoring you. This is like me in high school trying to date. I wasn't talking to you. I said I wasn't talking to you either. Leave <laughs> me alone. You're harassing me. It's like I. Bye. I'm gonna go back to my room and play video games, which consisted of at that point in the in the early 18th century was the football game. Now, people are thinking now Madden football, the kids today. No, it was the little little LEDs you went. Remember right, that right, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you moved up and down to avoid hitting the other LEDs. My best friend in high school had that game, and I've spent hours on <laughs> yeah. it. Um, oh, the kids today. So just before we started recording, we were talking about Brent was, and we're going to spare you from this, Brent was singing Radio Gaga. And he says, have you seen that movie? And yes, I saw it opening weekend. I bought the Blu-ray the day it came out. Not only am I and was I as a kid a huge, huge Queen fan, the movie, while it took, because I knew so much of the history of the band, it took way too much artistic license in how the story was told. But the acting... Uh, that Robin Malik was just amazing as Freddie Mercury. And yeah. then the point I wanted to bring up is on YouTube, there is a split screen side by side showing the Rami Malik and band uh, live aid con- concert alongside the original live it. aid concert. Oh he my did God. Such a Not just him, job. everything, every, everybody in the band. They made John Deacon look so 80s Deacon throughout the movie. And. <laughs> But yeah, that side-by-side, the whole band, and credit to directors, producers, everyone involved, coaches, everyone that got them to do that, that is just amazing. That story, I, I too adored Queen growing up. And then there, there is another angle where the Freddie Mercury story resonates with me. So my my... Eldest is gay, and so I can't. I I think about these um, sort of things all the time. Like as a father, you go, "Wow, I wish society was not quite the way it is." 
because he's going to have a, a it makes tougher your, life as it, a result. It does make your life harder as a result. And, and there's and, nothing and I can do to help him. Right? It's rough. Yeah. Well, on that note. Yeah. But no, that's the but I I, I hear that a lot from friends who have uh, gay children or just it's just it's tough. Anyway, on a more serious note, let's talk about things that are pissing me off. Oh, we already, oh we should, well, actually we should probably check in and see how things are going. I'm busy in my new job. It is awesome. I'm liking it a lot. How you doing, Brent? Oh, I'm I'm it's review season. That's all. Is I it need. still Oh god, yeah. Yeah, no. It I'm so sorry. It doesn't end for another month. Yeah. Okay. So good then luck with that. Then it comes back again, and then. All right. Yeah. Um, I recommend alcohol. Uh, yeah, there will be lots of that this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and before we forget and get on to the meat of the show, I would like to mention that Brent and I will both be will be co-presenting a session at the online testing conference, onlinetestconf.com. On June 6th at – well, it's June 5th and 6th. That's the OTC. That's the OTC. Our talk is the 6th. Our talk is the 6th at 11 a.m. Pacific. But you should go to all the talks because it's free. It's online. Pants optional. It is really cool. Yeah, I think Lisa's in this one too. There's a lot of good ones. And in yeah. fact, I have a call today uh, with someone else and I'll, I'll – Remind me to talk to you about this because I haven't yet. I have a call later today with someone else who is presenting at OTC about potentially being a guest on this show. Nice. All right. Nice. I, I want to. <sighs> That's better than the answer where you go, no, no more guests. We've tried this. No, well. <laughs> we all we, know. We all know. We stop when we've. When we do multiple guests and we're realizing that we're not actually learning how to do guests. Thus yeah. far, we are. We've learned a great deal. So now <laughs> I know how to have a guest, I think. So much easier with only one person. But the A podcast just doesn't have a good ring to it. <laughs> a testing? Yeah. A testing. Yeah. A testing. A testing podcast. It kind of gets rid of the the theme. So yep. we're stuck with each other. Despite the fact that I managed to anger most to all of my Twitter followers this week. Did you catch that? I did. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Oh. They, they were coming at you in so many different angles. So and this has happened to me before. And if you don't run the Twitter, I will catch you up. <laughs> I don't even know where to start because I have so many rants related to this. So this is going to be very disconjointed. I should have come in with an outline of making my points in the proper order, but we're going to kind of ramble through you it. You know what? I don't think that should have been the case. Right? I, that I needed an outline? Or, or that, no. Or that I should have. Like, like there's one comment I'm thinking of was like, oh, that was irresponsible. Yeah, let me, let me get to that And you know what? You were ranting. Screw that. No, no, no. And let me and I don't think I was. And and but the Wait, whole thing. You don't thing, think you were irresponsible or ranting? I don't think I was irresponsible. Oh, okay. And I think this stems from a much deeper seated problem in the testing community. So let me start with how I angered the masses. <laughs> I was talking to a colleague about some 
UI automation he was working on, and he wasn't really working on it. What he was working on was I wrote some proof of concept UI automation tests. And I'll get back to those later. And a year ago, and he was going to dust them off and get them running as part of CI. Very basic end-to-end tests. It's something I did a proof of concept to see if a particular tool would work. It did. A year later, my tests all ran except for uh, – ran with no errors. A year later, active development. Yay, Alan. With one one error due to a, uh, a redesign that changed the name of a selector. Okay. And – the redesign, that part of the that part that those elements on the web page were moved from Angular to React, and he was telling me that React uh, does some weird things with selectors. I said, "Yeah, sure, I'm sure they do because they're stupid." We talked about data IDs, etc. I went to look up some things and, uh, just to see if I could find some quick tips, and I came across this blog post, one of the many gazillion blog posts talking about how they've used Selenium to solve their quality problems. And someone was wrote this code and was very proud of it. And I just did this and this and this was great. And this is how you should do it too. And it was some Selenium thing where you'd find the element by CSS selector. And the selector was this ugly string of HTML because that's the best they could do. And I said something to the effect of reason 34,986 why I hate Selenium. People write code like people write code like this and are proud of it. And in many ways I do hate Selenium, but I learned from the internet that I am not freaking allowed to hate Selenium. I had No, why not? Well, well, Unless you want people – and actually I gained like 10 followers from that tweet, so I'm not sure what happened. Apparently – you know how people follow Donald Trump? Yeah. Uh, because they just want to be a firsthand witness to the train wreck? I'm assuming that's where my new followers came from. They want oh, to see I about see. What other stupid things I say? So I got a whole bunch of – you're – well, I got a whole bunch of – Twitsplaining? Is that what it's called when they explain to me that, oh, well, you this is just a bad selector. This is bad code. Please don't blame the tool. That's the nice version. Angie Jones, who I love and respect, uh, told me I was irresponsible. But she did say for someone of your stature. So I think there's some respect in there, too. I, I don't think I was irresponsible. Jim Evans, who's a freaking hero in the Selenium community, he has put so much work into trying to make web driver work. For especially for IE, I, I believe he's done some Selenium work as well. He and, and to give him credit, he he apologized and backed off on this tweet. He tweets like this are why I consider quitting contributing to open source. So, well, that's a little bit of an overreaction. Maybe backed up. I guess he's taking some heat on other things as well. Uh, people told me that I got a lot of twits. I never got much twit splitting. Twit splitting on using better selectors. Like here's how you do it. Well, you need to go to the developer and tell them to give you a data ID so you can write a proper selector. And then I thought, well, all this happened. And then I thought, if I'm going to go to the developer and ask them to write a better selector so I can write my silly UI automation test, 
And then somebody else said, and I'm all over the place here. Somebody else like you. Well, that's not testable that way. You need to get the devs to write testable code. Which which brings me to my point of, if you have to test at the UI, if the only way for you you to test this application is through the UI, it's not freaking testable. Yes. And nobody gets there is, and this is where the rant goes. So my problem isn't directly selenium but i'm going to come back to that my problem is selenium you know why because selenium is good selenium is easy fairly easy to use selenium is used widely to automate ui which means you have a bunch of people and i've written ui automation and it is very very difficult i'd rather go write a blu-ray decoder me too here actually you <laughs> you don't know how to code yet but here take this selenium and automate a bunch of ui so much wrong with that one it's hard and there oh. is a whole community of people out there making money consulting writing selenium tests there's this idea of an automation engineer which is and i don't i'm sorry I'm, i've made some of you mad some of the three but if your whole job, and actually this probably isn't true for the three, but if your whole job is to write UI automation, I am so, so sad for you. And you're telling me, I love it. I love it. It doesn't, I, I, I can't even think of the right analogy that won't make you hate me anymore. I'm, I'm working it. We are, and I'm going to get done with my rant here. You can jump in. I'm not sure how to not, not repeat myself over and over and over no, and I, over. But the problem stems from the industries over infatuation with UI automation. It is, and, and I'm going to go off for a minute and then I'll let you speak. No, I'm, I'm going, we are hold on one, one second. Yeah, hold on ahead. one I'm second. I'm holding, I'm holding, I'm turning red. Steam's coming out of my ears. There is a phrase that you use. I forget it. And you say, MT is the cure. Modern testing is the antidote for traditional software testing approaches. Okay. Now, primed with that, continue your rant. <laughs> because I'm already gonna I'm already gonna tell you we have been working the solution for this for a long time. I know we have, but when I get responses like this, it reminds me how far behind a chunk of the industry is. We and I'm not saying don't write UI automation. All I'm saying is it's a last freaking resort. You write UI automation when that's the only way you have to verify that something's working is through the UI. It should be rare you have to write UI automation. Yeah, that, you know what? I'm going to actually say it stronger. I'm going to say don't write UI automation. I've, I said this 10 years ago now in a blog post. It stopped because writing UI every automation. Because every time you, you give – people don't get it should be the exception. Exactly. That's why I'm so pissed about So, yeah. Brent – I don't, I don't know where you are on Second Amendment rights. I'm. Which one's that one? Is that the gun one? No, that, yeah, that's the gun, gun one. one. Brent, do guns kill people? No. Actually, no. People do. People with guns <laughs> kill people. That's what you hear all the time. Is Selenium shitty? No. The opposite is good. But people with Selenium are often shitty. And by I don't mean, and I, I'm attacking the person in that case, that's not what I mean. What I mean is 99.9% .9 of the people using Selenium are doing it in an asinine method, whether it's their creppy coding, whether it's their approach to automating everything to the UI, I don't care what. I, it, 
automating the UI is the exception. You do it when you screwed yourself. That's the only way you have to test it. And people will argue, give me all their snowflake edge cases on why they have to automate the UI and how, Alan, you just don't get it. You don't understand where the industry is. And if that's where the industry is, I don't care because I don't want to live there. I want to live in the modern testing world <laughs> moving forward where we do things in a way that accelerates the team and delivers customer value more quickly. Yes. Damn it. No, no. Um, you and I have seen it over and over again. The thing, there is there. I was actually thinking this morning on the drive-in, and I wonder. I'm just thinking through. Do we actually have this in the principles? Because there is sort of a principle zero, which is. Something, 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 fucking think. <laughs> right? I don't know what that is. It's important, and it's the single most important thing. <laughs> right? Uh, it's. <laughs> we talked Here about. Here I was thinking Brent was going to calm everything down. No, you no, know, actually, I, I mean, I had prepped. Come. <laughs> I think my warning to you yesterday was enough because I had prep coming in expecting to poke you all this this podcast, but no, I'm aboard. Um, <laughs> here's one thing about tools. Tools and automation, when used correctly, are fantastic. Oh, and let me interrupt for a second. I got a lot of that. Any tool can – I heard this over Twitter. Any tool can be used incorrectly. Yes, I know that. Thank you. Actually, I'm going to disagree with that. <laughs> because I think when it comes to tools, one of the most important things to close the loop, people will do things like produce Selenium and then go, oh, look what we've done. And sure, they've unlocked a great deal of value. But uh, tools, one of the things tools do is it, it, it enables lesser trained people to succeed at the same level of highly trained people previous to the tool. Okay? Are you able to follow that? I, I actually was able to follow that. Fantastic. Which is weird. Okay. Now. I can't guarantee anyone so if listening. So if it reduces the friction around enabling positive outcomes, if the tool has not been designed as such, it also in the, it reduces the friction around negative outcomes. So it allows you to very quickly produce gold and crap. And if you're not trained or the tool doesn't prevent you, you're gonna you're gonna go down that path. There's there's a there's a big rich topic, GDPR. I'm sure you've heard these O oh, terms. Yes, I have. Okay. It is chock full of uh, lawyers speak. Yes, I've read it. Okay. You put 10 experts in a room, you will walk out with 11 interpretations. Uh-huh. Okay. And then you try to roll it out to engineers, and they are given choices. If you store the user ID, you have to build up this infrastructure to enable a user to come in and delete things, just as a simple example. Like any user that says, delete my data, 
we have to be able to delete the yep. data and, well and be able to prove that. Okay? Well aware. Now, so what people do is they say, well, screw it. We're not going to collect any user information. Okay. <laughs> because that is the easiest way to implement GDPR. If you don't have user information, then you don't have to do anything. Of course, that harms the business. Yes, and maybe and this zeroth principle, there is uh, – I was going to say critical thinking earlier, but there's some systems thinking as well. You have to realize – oh, actually, it's there's some – I don't know how we fit this in here. Uh, there's, there's a systems thinking aspect to MT where our job in accelerating the business is – Looking at the making decisions based on the big picture, not the short term. Right. And, I, and maybe that's covered elsewhere, maybe not, but that's what's missing when I see people infatuated with UI automation is they're solving a short term problem. And again, we have to because our because we, whatever reason. No, and, and, and the thing is, is it, I will just tell you in my head right now, it's loosely connected. Uh, I don't want to spend the podcast trying to prove it to myself. But I actually think UI automation is another manifestation of the dysfunction loop that we talk about all the time. We have consultants coming out and, and hawking UI autom automation. And we know from experience that UI automation actually is an entrapment. If you do not spend, I mean, the, the, you come in and you go, oh, look, UI automation, it makes your life so much easier. Look, recorded script. Oh, my God. Consultant comes in, recorded script. It's, yeah, you can create a great demo that plays well for the executive. And then six months later, the executive wonders why 50% of their resources are constantly updating automation. Yes, and we've been through that loop. Let me just—I yeah. uh, have multiple peeves to get to, but along those same lines, every day I get at least one of these, and it's—I don't know where they got my email address, but I get one of these. Good morning, Alan. I tried reaching you many times, but could not get your attention. I would like to set up some time to discuss software testing services, test automation, implementing Agile, and DevOps seamlessly with you. And I just never reply because I don't care. Yeah, I I, and, I and, get those actually. I uh, get those for data science, and I still get them for tests. I do not know why I get it for test. I have been out of test for almost a decade. Yes, it is not. Yeah, anyway, I test hasn't been in my LinkedIn profile, my Twitter profile for year, at least a year, and it's no longer in my job title. So let me uh, talk about because I want to bounce back to this. The last time. It weaves some stories together. The last time I angered the Selenium community, because this isn't, isn't the first time, believe it or not. Mm. When I was, as a year ago, when I was prototyping these tests, just uh, we had a, what I wanted to do as a leader, so often I'll just, I'll just bootstrap something here, a proof of concept. I don't have time to write a lot of code. Uh, when I get my hands dirty, I want to do things that are important, but not critical. I mean, I don't want to be you know, to be blocked on me. So doing these little projects of whether it's analysis tools or I'll write some UI automation, whatever. Uh, we had a website I wanted to write some UI automation for. 
And it was Angular, and the de facto test framework for Angular is Protractor, which is just a wrapper around Selenium that uses some, it's just, there are a gazillion wrappers around Selenium. I started writing a test in Protractor. I got halfway through it. I thought, I can't do this anymore. I can't, this, this code's, the way, it's ugly. The way I have to do weights, I think is ugly. Uh, to synchronize rather than sleeps you just wait for things to appear and you have to verify everyone i said surely there's a better way so wait wait so it's an event driven sleep is that no no no. (laughs) rather than do a sleep it's an event driven sleep it's wait for object okay every ui automation tool has these things but you end up wrapping everything in this wait for object things and it's i get it but and i understand because i've written a lot of ui animation i've written enough ui animation to know why i hate it so so there so anyway i got halfway through i said I can't do this. I can't write code like this. I can't say somebody, here, this works, and give it to them. So I wanted to check out some of the other things that were out there. So I looked at Cypress, which I like, uh, didn't love. But then I checked out this thing called Test Cafe, which uh, I thought was much much easier to use. Uh, the, the code, I could be more compact. I'll let you look at it yourself. I, I will not. And, and okay, that, that was for the readers, not for you. So anyway, oh, I wrote enough. these proof of concept tests in Test Cafe, and I posted something to the effect of, uh, just spent some time with Test Cafe today. Uh, so far, I'm liking it a lot more than Selenium. And I might have said for some, you know. Ooh. And oh my God. Sparking oh, wars. <laughs> I cannot believe the people who told me everything that was wrong with Test Cafe, which boils down to this. <laughs> Basically, they called it, I don't know if you remember when Selenium IDE was out, one of the reasons people didn't like it is it does what Test Cafe does, is that rather than interact with the with the uh, the object model, it injects JavaScript. So they go, oh, once you, in, once you inject JavaScript in your page, it's not the same page that customers see, so it's different. And I thought, really? That's your worry? But what happened was... I did my development. Well, to, so it is different. Yes, and I don't care. I mean, it, um, again, I'm but, right. But to I'm, what degree, right? Sure, page my, loading times. Don't use this technique to no, evaluate no perf, crap. right? <laughs> so, um, so anyway, what happened was I did my development. And again, the tests are running a year later, so there's that. Uh, also, I developed the test using Chrome. I thought, well. One of us runs under Firefox. So I just change the command line. Oh, yeah, it runs perfectly under Firefox. Wow, that's cool. How about Safari? Damn, it runs there too. Let me tell you my experience in a previous job. I'm sure it's all been fixed since then, except for every time I ask anybody about it. Selenium works wonderfully as long as you're using Chrome. My cross-browser compatibility, my experience using complex websites was that we eventually got our automation to work on Firefox. We never got it to work properly on IE or uh, – and, and again, credit to Jim Evans. I think probably IE is much better. This was three years ago last time I tried this. So I'm sure it's much better. But I'm fine with injecting JavaScript into my page if it gives me cross-browser compatibility. And then as I'm looking more into this, I see a school of people saying, well, you don't really need to test cross-browser. They're close enough. You can just test on Chrome. It's fine. And it's like you're justifying away limitations in the tool set. Well, you know what? You know what? If that's true, 
then then I'm going to go back to <laughs> You know what? No UI automation <laughs> yeah. at all. Which is where, which is where I'm going back to. Because anyway. for me, cross browser testing is one of the places where Selenium is a fit, right? Yes, or, or, but you have to be. It mm. takes effort. Again, I haven't. And to be fair for the people who are sending in hate mail uh, to the show, uh, that goes to Alan at AngryWeasel.com. Please write in all caps so I can filter appropriately. <laughs> Uh, wait, wait. <laughs> you have an email filter for all caps messages? That's pretty cool. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, but I'll, no, I'll, I'll read. I'll read them all and um, probably reply to none. But I'm 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 glad to take your hate or on Twitter because uh, apparently that's where I receive a lot of my hate messages. Uh, DMs because my DMs are open. Oh my God! You should see the DMs. <laughs> Hating Alan only makes no, him stronger. And, and, <laughs> and the hate is the explaining on, like, they're telling me how to write better code because I highlighted this shitty code on the internet. Anyway, where was I before the hate mail? What were we going to hate me about? Oh, I just realized. What's I, I just came up with an acronym. That you're a Sith. Software integration testing hater. And the more <laughs> you send him hate, the stronger he becomes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The hate mail is. Uh, I'm sure that writing cross browser automation is much easier than my experience. Again, it was three years ago. The last time I I worked on this, that's great. And when I, I was I, and, in and, Bing? And, and you will tell me how awesome it is. And I'll hear about Bing in a second. No. And that's great too. But the honestly, I still really don't give a crap about UI automation. When I was in Bing, I just like I. Um, so I used it, and it just worked. But there, I, I I really don't know anything about it. But we did use Selenium quite effectively to do cross browser. And when I was in Bing, which is now, God, close to ten years ago. Yeah, I wonder if the challenge for us was uh, Angular and or the Protractor wrapper around it. But maybe. But but anecdotally, when I've talked to people who use Selenium. And brought this up. They say, "Oh yeah, yeah, uh, de- Angular, def- definitely works best on Chrome." When an Angular come around, because I actually I don't remember having Angular conversations when I was in Bing. Wasn't around back then. Okay. Diving in here and say, "Well, Alan, you talked about Test Cafe. You can't totally hate it." Uh, again, I'm talking about two or three UI tests, or two or three scenarios covered by UI tests for a very large website that's largely tested elsewhere. I'm not saying don't write you animation. I'm saying, I'm kind of saying that. But <laughs> while well, 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 Brent says don't do it, I'm going to say it's, it's it's the last resort. It's when you can only test things. And I I did it reluctantly. No, I'm, I'm just going to say don't do it because the people who know why I'm saying that yeah, we'll know how to execute the ex- ex- exceptions. Right, right, <laughs> and that and that's the difference. That's the complete. Yeah. It's the opposite approach of these people who are hating me on Twitter. Is that one? And I'm picking on Selenium because Selenium is the de facto standard for web automation, hands down. And I, although I've used Test Cafe and had success, I'm sure it has other limitations because I haven't used it extensively, and I never will because I never want to see it used extensively. It's a last resort when you when you want to do a tiniest little bit of UI automation because you know the exception. I can't even keep my thoughts straight because I'm so angry about this whole thing. But there's a there's a lot of people that make their living writing UI automation every day, and that's great. I'm glad you can get paid for that. 
But are that, you? I'm not. I'm always happy when people can pay their bills. So that's great. I, I'm just like, you know what? No, that's that's too. I have a metaphor, but that's too harsh. I actually think it's. I might even be able to weave an argument that UI automation, given how testing is in the culture, given the MT stuff that we're talking about, I think I could make the argument that UI automation is immoral. <laughs> so I'm. I got a lot of feedback from various consultants writing you know, who, who as part of their consultancy write. UI animation for their clients. And they say, well, and, and they give me like, oh, yeah, we, we're we very smart about this. And I work with my clients on testability. And yes, we want to test at a lower level and, and, and blah, blah, blah. And I can picture me someday as I figure when my kids are done with college, I can quit my regular jobs and do some part-time consulting. That's part of my, that that's, I think, my life plan at this point. And I can imagine me going to a company and I'll probably get called in for some quality consulting because that's in my past. And, and I'm, I'm just imagining this life in me, but I'm, I'm picturing this scenario. We didn't need all that set up. They say, Hey, what we want can you help us with this, with this web automation we want to do? And I say, no, and never call me again. You're dead to me. <laughs> I don't want to work for people like you. I would suggest perhaps you, instead of a strike one, you're out, maybe go to strike two. <laughs> uh, yeah, luckily, it, <laughs> it, like, it's a few years away I could work <laughs> on my negotiation skills, but I'm just, I just thinking that is not something I ever want to do. Could I do it? Yes. Would I hate myself for doing it? Definitely, yes. And, and actually, that's what you should respond with instead of the other message. Well, I, again, I have years to work on this. Hey, so my it's job get here better. is to help your business. And what you just asked me to do, I know will harm your business. So no, I won't. Here's an alternative I would suggest. That's that's what Alan the consultant should yeah, work yeah, on. Yeah, again, I got years. But <laughs> if we go back to principle one and our priorities to improve the business, that brings in that systems thinking because we have to look at that and go, this is – I get why you want this. It's but buried me- in lean in the in number two with lean thinking as well because if you follow, oh, if you follow yeah. lean – now, lean is – like one of the principles of lean is measure the whole, not H-O-L-E. Yeah, I, I know I know what you mean, and I think again going back to root causes. Optimism. One is the the massive infatuation with UI testing, and I think unfortunately it's there's the, still a big chunk of the industry where the dev team, air quotes, and the test team, more air quotes, are siloed, separate organizations, and with stuff thrown over the wall. And that's not modern testing. It's not the world we want to live in. No, actually, yeah. Uh, Did you just say no? Actually, yeah. Maybe. Because that was cool. I'm going to highlight yeah. that. I'll put a little... Maybe, I put all three in there. Maybe put a little reverb on that. No. Actually, yeah. Yep. Now I'm... I mean... <laughs> I probably... That's already, okay. That's what editing... I've already, already that, been doing that this whole that, episode. That's what editing's for. We're good, man. <laughs> um, damn it. <laughs> I got I to leave some of that in. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, I hope that... I don't know if I've explained myself around my comments or if I've just 
put more fuel on the fire. But I stand by all of that. And again, I I have to hate Selenium a little bit because it has enabled these things to happen. So I know it's you know not what? Selenium's on fault. That I, one? And I know people have worked very, very hard on it. And I know people work really, really hard. And it's not like they're incompetent people. Good people are doing good work with these tools. But the problem is they're, they're solving a problem. They're solving the wrong problem. The problem, it, the problem definitely isn't that we need more UA automation. Right. It, it's what they're doing is – you said it actually. There's no way to make it better. They're solving the wrong problem. And they're solving the wrong problem – very well, right? Um, <laughs> and that's a really good way of putting it. You're really, I'm, I'll use that somewhere. So as you know, I played a part in creating an automation infrastructure. I, uh, I almost remember the name, some Greekish stunning name. That's Perseus. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> it's patented. It is still in operation today. <laughs> Sorry, man. And I invented it in 1998. Okay, now, I wrote a blog about this, and I realized, so at the time, I was like, ah, this is a problem, and I solved that problem, and I did it very well, but I realized that's the wrong problem. What I did was reduce the friction around the organization going in the direction that they wanted to go, but they shouldn't have wanted to go. It encouraged, it encouraged dev pushing quality downstream because we now in, in exchange had such a rich automation system. I've heard multiple stories where dev just wrote code, didn't think about it, would submit it to the test system, come back a half hour later, and then fix the test cases. Yeah, it's like they're. It's like I automated the safety net. It's like an extra warning level on their compiler. I don't have. To, I don't have to think about quality because the test told me if I screwed right. up. Uh, and I made it really easy for for them to. Ha- I enabled thoughtless behavior. So I'm wondering. I'm gonna interrupt before I forget my thought because I'm old. I'm wondering if there's a a term in Lean or elsewhere for when this concept of Solving the wrong problem really well. And someone can help me out on what that is. But that's I, – I, I'm scared to ask Twitter. They'll, I'm they'll, thinking, they'll, they'll tw- explain it to me. I'm thinking in, in, uh, in medical terms, right? It's, it's solving the symptom, not the problem. And there's I think some it's different than that. Yeah, that. And, I, and I guess it is that. Maybe it is just that. But I like this idea of solving the wrong problem really well, which is what – the people who are experts in Selenium, I think, are doing. And they're going to be mad at me for saying that, but I, I fully believe that, and I'll no, tell you that to your we're face. we're actually taking – I mean, it does occur to me that with MT – this is the first time it really has occurred to me. With MT, we, we are potentially um, – that's another aspect of traditional that accidentally we're taking head on because it's dumb. <laughs> Right? It, it, it's, it's inefficient. It's, why does Selenium, why does UI testing exist? Because test or dev doesn't 
create testable code. And we have to go through the top layer in order to cover the whole thing end to end. Right. And because of that, now why is that? Because that's not what they're paid for because there's a separation between testers and developers. Yep. Right? And True then again. Given, given those worlds, yeah, Selenium makes sense. But I'm like, no, get rid of those worlds. That's not the world we think the industry should be in. No, I, I – you know what? And I get it if, that it exists. If the developer it's- is responsible for their own integration testing, I can guarantee you any developer worth their salt will not test this at the UI level. They will not. And if if you want to push quality up the stream, like the, the single most effective technique I have done is I've stopped the enablement. So when I was last in the test role, I'm like, you know what? My team is no longer providing the service. And my team is also no longer holding accountability over code correctness. Yeah. yeah Given I- those two changes... Do whatever you want. One of the thought experiments I threw out in our Slack group, one of the three.slack.com. You can go to moderntesting.org to find the link to join. One of the things I threw out there as a thought experiment was imagine, let's say that UI testing was an unsolved problem and deemed impossible to solve by the industry. So in other words, imagine UI testing is impossible and doesn't exist. Now what do you do? You, well, that's do, clearly do you, you hire uh, an army of offshore vendors or, you know, crowdsource. Utest.com, baby. I, I guess that's an op- <laughs> that, that, that is probably an option a lot of companies would take. But I think you would figure out how to test it another way. And, no, and, and in actually today's world, you wouldn't do that because that so much slows down your cycle time that approach Honestly, is I, just I, a ticking. I, I, the only I, other I think, option I think is, you know what? In, you don't test at all. You ship straight to the customer. I think teams that invest heavily in UI animation don't really care about cycle time. Again, someone will tell me, you're wrong about that. We have these automation. We run all the time and we ship seven times a day. That's great. No, but I want to be super clear. We may even need to, to break down the taxonomy of UI automation. UI automation to do integration testing, abjectly dumb. Do not do it ever. Please, dear God, stop. Cross-browser integration, I think that's a place where it makes sense. If you're trying to automate particular UI interactions, like, hey, what happens when you click this button? Hey, it depresses. Sure, if what you're trying to (laughs) test is... That the the UI elements do UI element things. Sure, that makes sense. But in terms of trying to test the product end to end, it is terribly unproductive, terribly inefficient. In in now on this, like I'm fir- firmly compl- convinced, it's, it's encouraging the dysfunction loop. I would like to point out that. Also on the Slack group yesterday, Brent said he was going to come in and poke me and and challenge me on some of my statements about this. But instead, he's doubled down even harder than me. Oh, yeah. 
No, no, no. And it's actually because by me making that statement, I primed you, which I'm going to argue softened you a little bit for the podcast. And I also primed myself. That was soft. What's that? I was soft. Softened. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But I think my metaphor I shared with you, you realize that if, if you went down that, anything down that direction, you were not going to win. Because <laughs> you don't agree with it anyway, right? It It's... And the metaphor I said is is essentially, hey, Alan, are you expecting the slim are – are you complaining that a hammer doesn't work as a wrench, right, or a screwdriver, whatever? Well, again, that, that, and that's funny you say that because that's what you came up with earlier and said we're solving the wrong problem really well. Right. It's the same thing. Right. It, it's – um. You, you, you have your house – let's say you have black mold – Mm-hmm. Right throughout your walls, so you paint, right? o- paint Which, over it or wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Looks nice now. You didn't solve the problem. Nope. Just a matter of time before it comes back and hits you. And actually, maybe we should build a, a, a counter selenium tool and call it black mold. <laughs> well, you know where they came up with the name selenium. Uh, I'm guessing they looked at. Uh, um, the element chart? Uh, not quite. <laughs> Periodic chart? Remember when Mercury was really popular? No. Uh, I forget the name of their automation tool. Anyway, uh, it's called selenium because selenium is the antidote for mercury poisoning. Oh, interesting. Did I ever tell you why I called my tool Perseus? Why? Because the competing automation was called Medusa. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. Please don't. Brent and I have lived these mistakes for you. It's a different world now. I feel like we know what we're talking about. So, yeah, don't don't make the same mistakes we made. No, yeah. actually, it, it's go to principle. So I agree with what you're saying, but I'm going to say it even further. When you think about UI automation, think deeply – about principle number one. And don't just go, well, we have to. No, stop it. <laughs> because you don't. I can tell you on multiple different teams I've been on, once you go down this route, it is a matter of time before all your test resources, all they are doing is maintaining UI automation. Been there, been there, been there. Oh, my um, God. And you cannot, even if it is still your job, to validate co-correctness, you will not be able to do that. And it's just a matter of time once you go down the route of choosing to use UI automation to solve this problem. Yeah. I wonder if, and we got to close here in a second, but I wonder if one of the suggestions I got was, in my twit splitting day was you need to go to the developer and, and ask him to make that code more testable and do, do it this way. That's great. I knew that. I'm making a point here. But I wonder if another conversation you should have, if your job is to write a bunch of UI automation, is to have a conversation of ask if that testing needs to be done. I wonder how much, I'm wondering now how much UI automation is not not last resort only we can test it but it's because their job is to write UI animation and they're testing something that's actually completely tested by other tests 
and they're not actually getting any new information from that UI testing investment. I think there's also a potential of a lot of self-justification as well. I, I believe that as well. There was, And it's a, this is why I said it's, it's sort of the automation version of MT, right? It, it's Because we see that when we go and say, we talk about principle seven, we see like, well, who's going to test it? Devs can't. Uh, there's two subjective blah, 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 blah. No, it's up. self-justification. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I need Ju- to exist because I need to exist. Yes. Abs- <laughs> I, I've heard that one too. I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard it. There was other Twitter drama that we are not going to get to today. So uh, I'll leave it to the listeners to discover and learn. But always cool stuff going on. I have work to do. We'll ignore Twitter today. Good luck. I'll edit the podcast tomorrow and uh, we'll get it out there. All right. That was fun. Thanks, Brent. You bet. All right. See you next time.